sing with me. This evening, if we will keep ourselves reminded that the longer that we serve him, the sweeter he grows, I believe we'll keep serving the master until he comes and calls us home. We need to be reminded of that every now and then. A lot of times we want to quit. A lot of times we want to throw in the towel. But I want you to know it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's not just worth it there, it's worth it here. It's worth it here. But bless God, it's going to be worth it when we get there. And all these trials and all this pain and all this sorrow is going to be wiped away. And we're going to enter into glory land and we're going to be rewarded. And we're going to realize, you know what, it was worth it. It was worth it. Revelation chapter 14 Revelation chapter 14, it amazes me as we go through Revelation, we, we see trial after trial, we see judgment after judgment, we see uh, chaotic scene after chaotic scene, we see all of this going on, uh, and it's amazing to me how God will stop John in the midst of all of the pain and travail going on in earth, and he gives us a glimpse of what's going on in heaven. And he shows us the pain and the sorrow on earth, and then he shows us the rejoicing going on in heaven. And what a contrast it is from what this earth is going to be like to what heaven is going to be like. And friend, during tribulation time, it's going to be horrible, but in heaven it's going to be great. During tribulation time, they will be tested like they've never been tested. But child of God, we will shout and we will rejoice and we will worship like we never have before. And I'm so thankful today that no matter how much pain and no matter what's going on here, us in heaven are going to be worshiping Jesus. And I believe God just wanted to remind us through all the pain and travail that there's something waiting on us that are called according to His name. There's something waiting for us that are called according to His purpose. There's something waiting on us that has our names written down in the Lamb's book of life. You hold on, child of God, because it's going to be worth it. I want you to look here in Revelation 14. In Revelation 13, He revealed the, the reign of Antichrist. He revealed the reign of the false prophet. This is the last three and a half years. He shows us the devil in physical form, roaming to and fro on the earth. He shows the Antichrist at power. He shows the false prophet. He shows that the only way you can eat or drink or, or get any substance is by getting the mark of the beast. He reveals the pain and the agony. And then he said in chapter 14, verse 1, And I looked. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? 
He sees all of this travail. He sees the earth in a way, in a manner that he's never seen it before. And then all of a sudden, and I looked, and lo, a lamb. <laughs> you can stop right there and shout all night. <laughs> and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his Father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps as they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which followed the Lamb whithersoever he, he goeth. These were redeemed among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Their Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me power to preach your word as you've designed it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we see the pain on earth, we see the rejoicing in heaven. John the Revelator said, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. Mount Zion is not the literal physical place of Jerusalem. This is the heavenly place of Zion. He looks on earth, and he sees all of this chaos. And then all of a sudden, the literal appearance of the Lamb changes everything. And so you go from pain and agony to seeing the Lamb, and the first glimpse of the Lamb brings praise to heaven. It's amazing to me how all of this pain and sorrow that we face here on earth, that when we get to glory land, and I looked, and behold a Lamb. <laughs> Boy, it's going to change it, isn't it? We're going to be hurting here. We may be suffering here, and all of a sudden, we're going to go to sleep here, and our eyes are going to open, and lo, a lamb. Woo! <laughs> Boy, isn't that going to be awesome? Isn't that going to be a change of scenery? I'm telling you, we've seen travail, we've seen pain, and we open the eyes of our soul, and behold, a lamb. Behold a lamb, and all of a sudden rejoicing, all of a sudden worship, all of a sudden the, the whole mood, the whole tempo, it all changes because the lamb changes everything. Amen. From pain and travail to worship and rejoicing and joy, aren't you glad the lamb brings us joy tonight? Aren't you glad that the lamb causes us to praise? Aren't you thankful for the lamb? And here we see the number 144,000. Now this is towards the end of tribulation. And we see the 144,000 that is carried on into glory land. Now I want you to hold your place there and I want you to go to Revelation chapter 7 and verse 4. And through this we see the preservation of the saints. We see how God kept His people. In Revelation chapter 7, it said in verse 4, this is towards the beginning of tribulation, it said, And I heard the number of them which were sealed. There were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. We go back to Revelation 14, and we see not 139,000. We don't see 140,000. We see 144,000. 
From the very beginning of tribulation, God set aside 144,000 Jews called according to His purpose. They had received Him as their personal Savior, and they began to live this life. And they began to live the hardest seven years that any man has ever had to live. They lived the toughest days and times of society that this world has ever seen. And what brings joy to my soul is those that God set aside and preserved and called according to His name. He kept every single one of them through the worst time this world has ever seen. If God can keep up with 144,000 and every one of them make it in, then bless God, if your name's written down in the book of life, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. And I just love that. He started with 144,000. And when it was time to go to heaven, he went home with 144,000. And the Bible said that they were sealed, that they had this name on their forehead. Because God sealed them, He made them His own. And once you become part of God's, you cannot be cast off, you cannot be cast away. You are safe in the hands of the Lord. You can, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. These men, these people are facing the Antichrist. They're facing the false prophet. They're facing the physical form of the devil. And the devil himself could not pluck them from the mighty hand of God. The devil himself, the Antichrist himself, could not get them to waver on their faith. Bless God, the false prophets could not get them to bow down to that false idol. They remain true unto the Lord every single one of them. A hundred and forty-four thousand. Bless God, if God can keep them, God can keep you. If God can preserve them through the worst time that this society's ever seen, He's going to keep us. And let me tell you something. You let the world go. You let society go. But if you've got God, you can hold on to Him because God's going to see you through. I'm telling you, all these other things are going to fall, but the people of God have been thriving for years and they're going to continue to. We're not going away, amen, because God's got us. God's going to preserve us. I don't care how many times you tell me to go to hell, I can't go there. Ain't that awesome? There's no way, because I am safe in the hands of the Lord. And he said that he put their mark on them. You see, in the last days, you had to get 666 in your forehead or on your right hand. That's the mark of the beast. And so you either had the mark of the beast or you had the mark of God. Let me tell you something. There's no in-between tonight. You're either on God's side or you're on the enemy's side. And during that day, there's no in-between. You're either on the Lord's side or you're on the Antichrist side. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be on the Lord's side. And as I see this, and I see the pain and the travail, but I see how God remained faithful to His people. Can you imagine how many days these 144,000 was tired and wore down and said, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I, can you just imagine how many times they wanted to quit? Can you just imagine the tough days that they went through? But you know what? God had them the whole time. God preserved them. And let me tell you something. God's going to preserve you. And He's going to preserve us. I want you to notice what it said here in verse 2. 
And I've heard a voice from heaven as a voice of many waters and as a voice of a great thunder. This is from the throne of God. We've seen this several times that John has revealed. And he said, I heard the voice of harpers and harping with their harps. And so here is John in his own earth and he's hearing crying and he's hearing wailing and he's hearing pain and travail. And all of a sudden he's hearing musical instruments. And he's hearing this sound of rejoicing. I'm telling you, the sound, the the vision, everything is changing from earth to heaven. We hear crying and weeping and wailing to rejoicing. And there's musical instruments that's, that's just giving praise to the Lamb. Boy, isn't this a change? And he sees this 144,000 that God is carrying home. And man, there's, there's just musicians going off. And it said in verse 3, And they sung as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song, but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. We see that God gave them a new song. Oh, I imagine their song was a song that was wore out on this earth. I imagine they, their, their song was tired at times. I imagine their song was negative at times. But oh, when they got to glory land, their song changed. They got a new song. How many of us, our song on this earth gets pretty negative? We gripe and we complain about everything that is going on. But bless God, when we get to heaven, God's going to give us a new song. How many times our song involves griping and complaining? How many times it's about negativity and oh, is me. Woe is me. Oh, preacher, it's bad. Bless God, when we get to glory land, we're going to get a new song. All those negative songs ain't allowed in heaven. Ain't nothing but positive songs in glory land. And God gave them a song that was unique. They had a song that nobody else could sing, only these 144,000. You say, why was it unique to them? Because we have no idea what these 144,000 went through. And their song is different from your song. And guess what? My song is different from your song. But I'm telling you, when we get to glory land, we're going to get a new song. And the life that we lived here on this earth and the travail that we went through and everything that we faced and experienced on this life, when we get to glory land, we're going to have our own song. And bless God, we're going to rejoice in the Lord for Him bringing us through all of the trials and valleys of our life. You lived a different life than me. I lived a different life than you. But bless God, He's going to all change our songs. And we're going to rejoice. And we're going to be glad in the Lord. And we're going to be excited. And I'm telling you, Miss V, I'm going to get a voice that's pretty. I guarantee you, I'm going to have the prettiest voice in the world. I can't wait. Man, I love to sing. But y'all don't love to hear me sing. I'm telling you, I can't wait when I get to heaven and I get that new song. I want you to hold your place there and look in Psalm 40. If you're with me, say amen. In Psalm 40, I'm telling you, some of us need a new song. Some of us need a new song. Some of us need to, need to get happy in the Lord. Some of us need to get rid of that old song. 
Hold your place there in Psalm 40, and I want to read something to you. David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. He said, God, take this bad heart from me. Take this negative spirit from me. God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And then in Psalm 40. In verse 1 it said, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Aren't you glad He heard your cry? Aren't you glad He inclined unto you? He said He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of a miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Now, Brother Russell, you come out of different clay than I did. You come out of a different pit than I did. But every one of us has been in a pit at one time. And God has delivered every single one of us from different circumstances, from different trials, different tribulations. We all come and have different backgrounds, but the same God has been faithful to every single one of us. And He said that He inclined unto my call. Oh, bless God that He heard my cry. And He picked us up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. Do you remember the day that God set you free? We talked about liberty. Two of you remember. That's sad. Do you all remember the day God set you free? Seven of you, that's better. Do you remember the day the Lord set you free? I'm going to preach till you preach back now. Do you remember the day that He set you free and that He picked you up out of that horrible pit and He put your feet on that solid foundation? That very day God did something in your heart and in your life and up to that point it was woe is me. It was negative. It was sorrow. But notice verse 3. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I'm telling you when God delivered him, he had a song to sing. I'm telling you he had reason to praise the Lord. He had reason to speak of the goodness of God. He had reason to exalt Him and lift Him up. Notice that He said, Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. He said, My song is so good. I'm going to sing it so loud that people are going to see the hand of God through what He did in me and through me because I'm going to sing my song. Now let me tell you something, child of God. Every one of us, we got a song to sing. we got a testimony to share. We have praises to give. took me a long time for me to learn how to truly praise the Lord. You know, David said, Oh, that men which is praise the Lord. If His people and His people alone, when they got delivered, just as He led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, what did they begin to do? They sang a song. They had a song to sing because God delivered. If we as God's people would sing our song on this earth, then God would get glory from our life. And some of us are absolutely miserable because we've lost our song. We have lost our praise. We have lost the glory of God. Everything is woe is me and all this child of God. Get over it. Buck up. God's delivered you. He's picked you up out of that horrible pit. 
And bless God, He put a song in your mouth. He put a song in your heart. No matter the trial or the adversity you're going through, you got a reason to praise His name. Well, I don't like to praise Him. Well, tough. I love it. Because I'm telling you what, when you don't know what else to do, you praise His name and you watch what happens. When the devil comes to you and say, there's no way, there's no turning around, you praise the Lord in front of the face of the devil and you see what happens. You get joy deep down inside of your soul and I promise you God will put that song in you and the, the seas will calm. I'm telling you, the devil will take off running. If God's people will get happy and rejoicing in Jesus Christ, and what we have, bless God, that 144,000 was miserable. But they kept singing that song. And they sung that song and they sung that song. And God honored them. And God blessed them and God rewarded them. And then when they got to glory land, they got another song. Whoo! Man, I can't wait to sing that song. But child of God, we got a song to sing right now. We have a testimony to share right now. We have experiences to share right now. Let the lost world hear you sing your song. Well, I don't know the Bible. I don't know the Scripture. Well, learn it. But let me tell you something. Share your testimony. Tell people what Jesus has done for you. That's your song. And my song is not Brother Hayden's song. You get your own song. Miss me, you get your own song. I got my song. And you get your song. And bless God, let's sing our song. And let's rejoice unto the Lord. And let's give Him glory. And let's praise Him. Instead of negative, instead of all these other things, bless, let's just praise His name. Let's just praise His name. Child of God, we need to praise Him. Our hearts need to praise Him. Our bodies, our souls need to praise Him. You have not found the calling in your life as a child of God until you praise Him. The birds praise Him. The mountains praise Him. The seas praise Him. I'm telling you, the trees praise Him. Everything on earth praises His name. Won't His people sing their song that He gave them? Oh God, He gave me a song to sing. Man, I'm unworthy to stand up here. I'm unworthy to be doing what I'm doing. I'm getting on that sermon, Miss Ann. I'm sorry, I'm no good. I'm unworthy of everything I got. I'm here by the grace of God. And everything that I have in my life is to Him be the honor and glory. He has saved me. He's redeemed me. He has sanctified me. He has set me aside for His work and His use. Shame on me. Shame on me if I don't sing my song. Bless God, I got a song. Sing it as loud as you can. Beller it out. Well, I don't sing good. Well, I don't either, Cathead. But that ain't going to stop me from bellering. God's been too good for me to hush. Oh, that's some of them churchy people. They need to hush. We're not going to hush. We have reason to be as loud as we can ever get. You get loud at a football game. You get loud when it's time to throw the baseball and hit the baseball. You'll scream at them umpires when they make a mistake. I guarantee you, boy, we get passionate. What about passionate with Jesus? How about on fire for the Lord? How about some excitement when we come into God's house and these little bitty, these little bitty girls just singing their song about butterflies and bullfrogs? Man, that's awesome. 
Praise His holy name. Lift His name up. Rejoice in the Lord. I went down a complete different sermon. I don't even know where I'm at. My Lord. Sing your song. Sing your song. You say, preacher, I've lost my song. David said, I lost it. But he didn't lose his salvation. He lost the song of his salvation. Maybe you need to get at these altars. Rededicate your life unto the Lord. And just say, Lord, give me my song back. Give me reason to rejoice. I tell you all all the time, we didn't come to a funeral. We're not here because somebody's dead. We're here because somebody's alive. We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to sing and to praise Him. Isn't the Lord good?